Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome into Best on the Board Friday, June 17th. Another weekend starting just in the world generally, or at least uh, here in North America about to start. And also in the baseball world, we've got a nice fun full slate that is getting underway not too long from now. We've got uh, Cubs at home, so that's a nice Friday day game against the Braves. And a Phillies Nationals doubleheader, so game one of that uh, getting going about an hour after we have started this recording, Michael Beller and Nick Broke going to walk you through this episode of Best on the Board. Nick, what's going on, man? Uh, not a ton. Uh, good games today. There's some good straight-up matchups today. Uh, it's a fun MLB B slate, I think, on this Friday. It'll be a good one to get us into the weekend. Yeah, we've got a really fun weekend ahead of us. If I was going to pick out a marquee series, I think it would pretty easily be the one that is taking place in Toronto between the Yankees and the Blue Jays. And that's where we go for our first play of the day here. This is a play for you, Nick. We've got the Blue Jays sitting at minus 105 on the money line. The Yankees are minus 115. Ross Stripling versus Jordan Montgomery. Who do you got in this uh, game and why? Yeah, it's a it's basically a straight up game. Uh, it's a great AL East matchup. Obviously, uh, both teams playing well. The Yankees are on fire. They're the best team in baseball right now. And Jordan Montgomery, uh, I mean Jordan Montgomery's pitched really well lately. He uh, obviously what was scoreless in his last outing. He went seven innings uh, against the Cubs. Uh, that was the Cubs, though. However, <laughs> that was the Cubs. Um, and uh, on the on the other side, Ross Stripling. Also pitching very well uh, this season. I mean, he's got like a, almost a four ERA, but I, the the numbers are uh, t- uh, slightly skewed uh, by especially one bad outing. He has not given up more than one run, one earned run in a game in what almost a month, more than a month. Mm-hmm. Um, he's pitching really well lately. Again, like last outing, uh, one he j- gave up with just one hit over six. I mean, you have to put the caveat that he he was pitching against the Tigers. Um, And before that, it was the Royals. But, uh, you know, those kinds of things even can can build up confidence um, in a pitcher. Uh, He's very on point, Ross Stripling, right now. Jordan Montgomery's no slouch. The Yankees, obviously, are the best team in baseball, like we said. But uh, just, you know, in Toronto... I, I like this game for the Blue Jays. It's just like one of the... You know, you can't... You know, when you play a team in your own division like these teams do, and yet, you know, so many times in a season, and this is going to change next year, but uh, when you play so, when you play each other so many times in division and it goes all the way back to spring training, Mm -hmm. there's just, at some point, there's just no secrets and nobody's sneaking up on each other. Uh, It really just has to do with some small things. I think Ross Stripling is just a little bit more on point lately. And the game is in Toronto. I, you know, they, you know, even though you're, you know, even though they're on the minus side of the on the you know on the money line, 
it's barely. I think essentially they're underdogs even at their own park. I think this yeah, is are. a good game. There's slight dogs here in this. Yeah, the, this is a good game for the Blue Jays all in all. Yeah, I, I like this. You know, it's it's it. The the line reflects that this is uh, certainly an even matchup. You like the Blue Jays coming at home. You like the way that uh, Stripling's been throwing the ball over the last month or so. So definitely a uh, a sound pick here in the uh, what's going to be marquee series of the weekend with the Yankees and the Blue Jays getting together in Toronto. Well, that was like a very. I'm sorry. To that was like a no, very no. dour explanation. This game is fun. Yeah, it is. It's a fun yeah. game. It's a fun game. It's a fun series. Yeah, exactly. Even though they play each other so many times, there's like there's always something that seems to go that seems to happen in a game like this. Like uh-huh. the you know with the between those two teams, it's just like it's a fun matchup, a fun kind of rivalry that that's had that's built up between those two teams. I mean, you've got a 37 and 26 Blue Jays team, pretty darn good record. They're winning at about a 59 percent clip on the season. That is 10 games out of first <laughs> because the Yankees have won three quarters of their games, three quarters of their games, 63 games into the season. I mean, that's ridiculous. We're not talking about a team that's, uh, you know, seven and three to start this. Like this is an outrageous Yankees team right now. And so uh, a lot of fun. I expect to see both of these teams playing baseball in October. So definitely fun to get them together for this weekend. Uh, both the teams that uh, I'm going to be talking about for my first play could be playing baseball in October as well. One of them shares a division with the Blue Jays and the Yankees. That is the Boston Red Sox. The other one, the St. Louis Cardinals, the first place St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, another, uh, probably the, the the number two matchup of the weekend that we've got going on. This is in Boston. we got Adam Wainwright and Michael Walker going against one another. So Michael Walker getting a crack at his old Cardinals mates. The Cardinals are minus. we got the same same money lines in this one with the Cardinals playing the role of the Blue Jays. They are minus 105. The Red Sox sitting at minus 115. I like the Cardinals here. Um, this is really just a bet on uh, – I mean, I – I was going to say it's just a bet on the Cardinals, which is sort of obvious, but what it's a bet on is I just think the Cardinals are the better team uh, between these two, and the pitching matchup is pretty even here. So this is, uh, you know, this to me is mostly the, the price is just on Boston being at home, and I, I don't think that that's what this should be based on. Um, you know, if this were sitting at minus 110, maybe I stay away, but that's the little edges that we look for when we're talking about making three picks a day, day in and day out, something like that. Those are the little edges. I know it doesn't seem like a big difference, but that's how you make up the sort of volume that you need to find a winning number at the end of the season. Find that plus unit number that we're all looking for by the end of the season. I think this should be minus 110 on both sides. The fact that we're getting minus 105 on a Cardinals team, a red-hot Cardinals team. Maybe they've got the NL MVP right now in Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, This is just a team that's doing everything right. Can't really say anything differently about Boston. They are one of the hottest teams in the majors as well. Uh, They've played a very, very good stretch of baseball, albeit against not the greatest teams in the league. But all you can do is take care of business against the other team that you're facing. Boston has done that uh, since about what, the beginning of May. Uh, they've really been uh, doing that over the last five, six weeks. Been one of the best teams in baseball record-wise, and they can definitely keep things rolling. But I like the Cardinals here. The minus 105 is what pushes me to them, so I'll go ahead. I'll back Adam Wainwright. I'll back the Cardinals. I think they get off to the right start against the Red Sox in this three-gamer over the weekend. I love a, I love a good like Tiffany matchup in interleague. And you know, eventually we're going to lose the interleague intrigue uh, when they when they change to a more balanced schedule. Uh, but I like like two like two Tiffany teams that mm-hmm. don't play each other very often. I love games like that. Uh, the and these two teams, like what the Red Sox Cardinals, they have recent ish, I guess, World yeah. Series history. World Series, yeah, recent ish. I think is fair. 
recent-ish. Yeah, I mean, there's there's just like a, a lot of good sort of um, like intrigue here with these two teams. When and you know, but rare intrigue, if that makes sense, just mm-hmm. because they're they're in opposite leagues. I I like uh, fun matchups like this. They're good fun games to bet on. The uh, and. You know, the, like you like you mentioned, the Cardinals are playing really well. They probably are the better team right now, yep. and it's always interesting to see when a team is hitting really well uh, with Paul Goldschmidt and uh, and Nolan Arenado. What they do at Fenway, uh, you know, that's the, the kind of thing that you kind of like. I, I like to see happen on occasion because they play there so rarely. Uh, and you know, do they do they do their eyes get real big and they want to they want to you know, mm-hmm. go double hunting, <laughs> you know, do their, do their approaches change. Uh, and then, you know, there's also some uh, Trevor Story, Nolan Arenado kind of intrigue, yeah, uh, former team, former teammates, good about friends. That part I, of there's this. Lot, yeah, there's some good stuff happening in this game. It's a good, fun, fun game to watch. Yeah. Yeah. That didn't even occur to me. What is that? You're our, you're our Rockies beat writer. What's that like to see these two guys? neither of them, I mean, it's not the first time they've played each other, but at least Story was still in a Rockies uniform the last time they played one another. Now, neither of them in a Rockies uniform. Well, oddly, last winter, the Cosmos lined up perfectly for Trevor Story to go to St. Louis. Yeah. He would have fit in that lineup. He would have fit in their, in their infield very well. Uh, I know Nolan Gorman was on his way, but it just made a lot of sense for Trevor Story to be in St. Louis. And I think he, I mean, I think he probably would have wanted that. Uh, mm-hmm. If that was an option, uh, I don't know if he would have wanted it more than the Red Sox or not. But I mean, you know, ifs and buts. Mm-hmm. But there's some of that at play too. They're good friends. Arnado, yeah. Arnado, and Sora are good friends. They talked all about the. You can assume they talked all about this. Yeah, it's great. I love it. Paul Goldschmidt, by the way, three forty-seven, four thirty-six, forty with 16 homers on the season in his age 35 season. Just a remarkable year that Paul Goldschmidt is putting together. Let's get on to pick number two from you, Nick. And this is a fun one. We've got Cleveland in L.A. taking on the Dodgers this weekend. Clayton Kershaw going to the mound for the Dodgers. Probably not a surprise that they are overwhelming favorites in this game with their money line sitting at minus 275. On the other side, Zach Plesak takes the bump for the Guardians, plus 220. Let's go, underdog hunting. Make your case for the Guardians here. Okay, a couple of things. Uh, the Gar- the Cleveland Guardians are not a better team than the Dodgers. The Dodgers, no, are, <laughs> the Dodgers are the best team in the NL. Uh, well, they, you know, they're one of, the, one of the two best teams in the NL. Uh, the, the National League is tightening up right now. It's fun to watch. Um, but uh, they are they – are, overwhelming favorites this is not even like necessarily a value play it's just sort of like a a fun if you're looking you know kind of upset upset hunting so to speak this would be the game uh to me to find on the schedule tonight so kershaw pitched uh six days ago for the first time in a month uh he pitched well i mean he only went four innings they had him on a pitch count um, he gave up two runs on on three hits over four. It was it was not great, but it was not bad. He he he's a obviously a very good pitcher. He was going to, he was in San San Francisco that night going against the Giants. They're easing him back in. He'll he'll be on a longer leash tonight. Um, the the Guardians on the on the flip side, uh, they they just breezed through Coors Field, and they they did it amazingly because this is the one thing that that teams have nightmares about when they go to Coors Field is what happens the next series. Mm-hmm. If you if you have to get through a Coors Field series and you just completely roast your bullpen, uh, 
um, because your star got bounced in the third and then you're you're cycling through your entire pen uh, on the first day of a three game series and by the third every every pitcher in your entire staff is just completely frayed. Uh, that did not happen to Cleveland. They barely touched their pen. They didn't throw any of their lefties. Um, they kept going to Brian Shaw. Brian Shaw got two wins out of the series for, for some reason. Uh, <laughs> but the the Cleveland you know came out of Coors Field in the best possible shape you could be coming out of a out of a high high elevation high altitude series in Denver uh, and they I think gained a lot of confidence on the flip side when you go through Coors Field your hitters all of a sudden they they can gain a ton of confidence because all of a sudden they're like kind of their half mistakes to play are rewarded uh, with singles with, you know, even if even a soft single can boost a hitter's confidence. Um, and I think that happened. They hit really well. Uh, they didn't score a ton of runs in Denver, Cleveland, but they, but they hit really well. Uh, I think that they just are coming out in, into LA in really good shape right now. And, uh, they're not as good a team. Like, let's not get carried away with ourselves. Clayton Kershaw is a Hall of Famer. He's one of the best pitchers I've ever seen personally. Uh, but I mean, it's just kind of like a fun game. If you're a Cleveland fan, I think like, you like don't miss it because I mean, you could be seeing like a fun upset tonight. I think in LA, this team's thirty-two and twenty-seven. Also, a team that they're not bad. Yeah, yeah, we didn't didn't really expect them in a, what what looked like a loaded American League to be. Uh, you know, a part of the playoff discussion. Yeah, it's just June seventeenth. You know, we're all, there's always going to be a little bit of a surprise team. It's a long season for a reason. We want the best of the best in the playoffs, and only the best of the best in the playoffs. But this is uh, this is a great start from uh, from Cleveland. This is a great you know first couple months of the season. I guess starts not the right word, but a great first sixty games for this team. And now you've got Jose Ramirez, three hundred six, three ninety nine, six forty nine, sixteen homers of his own. Just, having a ridiculous year. So this, uh, yeah, this is the sort of team that you, you understand why the odds are what they are, but this is not some pushover team. This is not Pittsburgh going into the Dodgers and facing uh, Clayton Kershaw. This team's definitely got some pluck and they've got, uh, they can get after Clayton Kershaw. So uh, not a bet I'm making myself, but one that I think definitely uh, is worthy of a shot at, at plus 220 with you the Guardians in LA. One quirky addition to this game, if I may, just a couple of nights ago, uh, speaking of quirky, the, uh, Dodgers odd throwing hitchy lefty nearly threw a no hitter, uh, but it wasn't it wasn't Kershaw. It was Tyler Anderson who has like a very like weird kind of like get like hitching his giddy up kind of wind up in a you know similarly to, to Kershaw uh, and uh, you know Dave Roberts let Tyler Anderson go to 126 pitches to go for that no hitter and he very nearly did it. Uh, I, I, I half wonder if Kershaw is sitting around being like, why can't, like, that should be me. Yeah. That should be me throwing no hitters. I wonder if he's like a, a, maybe a little bit more juiced for this game. I'm really curious to see how Clayton Kershaw pitches tonight. Should be me throwing perfect games or at least having the opportunity to finish one off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? Uh, oh God. Baseball fan. I'll just never, I, I can't, I mean, it's not like I'm losing sleep over it, but when it gets brought up, it just, it still, it still draws my ire. It's a perfect game. It, let, exactly. Let it go. Like you know, you know. If, if if it, a four a four walk no hitter. Cool. Take him out. Who cares about a four walk no hitter? But a perfect game. Come on. The I mean we I mean we can we can go through it. All. The one thing that like rubbed me a little bit about that, not to get too far off track, was <laughs> like it was you know I know everybody was being careful with their pitchers, but what he it was so early in the season. Yeah. 
Like, let's say he, let's say he got tired, uh, you know, experienced some dead arm. You had an entire season to rest him still. Like what the, you know, we're talking about, you know, playoff preparation in April versus mm-hmm. incredible history. What yeah. is, what is history work? You know? Yeah. I hated it. I hated it. And I still hate it. <laughs> but I don't hate this next pick that I'm going to throw out there. We've got the uh, Giants and Pirates playing one another. Here's where you find the Pittsburgh Pirates and Carlos Rodon going to the mound for the Giants tonight. So yeah, immediately see Carlos Rodon, see a lineup like Pittsburgh. I ask, what's the strikeout prop? Now the actual strikeout prop for him is just six and a half and it's minus 140. And there that that does not get me excited at all. Carlos Rodon's going to roll out of bed against Pittsburgh and strike out seven dudes. And minus 140, it's just like, you know, whatever. I, I can I can find better uses for my money. But if you go to the alt strikeout line, you can get him at plus 142 just for one more strikeout. Seven over seven and a half. Eight plus strikeouts for Carlos Rodon is going to pay out at plus 142. So that is where I will go. You know, Carlos Rodon, the strikeout stuff speaks for itself. Uh, Pittsburgh's strikeout stuff in terms of how often they strike out, that maybe doesn't speak for itself. Maybe you assume this is a team that strikes out a lot, given that they're not a very good team. But I can put some numbers to that. This is a team that has struck out in 25.1% of its plate appearances this season. Only the Angels have struck out more often at 25.5%. The Pirates do draw their fair share of walks. That's one thing that they will do. They're walking at 8.4% on the season, so a little bit better than league average there. So you do have to concern yourself with if Radon doesn't have the A stuff, if he is getting into a little bit of trouble with his command and control, which, as good as he is, that can happen to him from time to time, that maybe he doesn't have the stamina, doesn't pitch deep enough into the game to get to those eight strikeouts, that's a concern here. But it's one that does not overwhelm Rodon, what he is against this Pittsburgh lineup, and that plus 142 number to get to eight strikeouts. So that's what I'm going with here. Give me Rodon to whiff eight Pirates tonight. Uh, Carlos Rodon has pitched 12 times this season. Uh, he has struck out more than he has struck out at least eight batters half the time in six of his starts. And he did it. He struck out eight in his last start against the Dodgers. I mean, I think it's a really good bet. It's really wild that one, one extra strikeout up to seven and a half. Yeah. Swings the money line so much. This is, that's crazy. I'm glad yeah. you, that, that's a good eye on that one. There we go, man. That's what we do here. That's what we do here on Best on the Board. We hunt for those uh, those odds, and we try to find the, the numbers that we're playing. So often we're just playing the number, and that's what I'm doing for both of my plays today. Okay, one more play for us, Nick. And, I mean, what's a Best on the Board baseball episode without a course Field under? At this point, I don't, even wanna, I don't even want to do it. I don't even want to do the show if we're not going to get a course Field under. It's 12 and a half. It's Padres and Rockies. It is Mackenzie Gore and Kyle Freeland. Go. This is becoming a bit, I realize, but it, 12 and a half runs at Coors Field. I know it's Coors Field. That is way too many runs that involves this Rockies offense. This Rockies offense is not a good <laughs> – they are not a good lineup. Uh, yesterday against Cleveland, the Rockies' three through seven hitters went 0 for 19. Uh, Coors Field is not a guarantee of runs. The Let's say the, the Rockies in their, uh, in their last three games have – not totaled seven runs. Uh, they against the Guardians. They never went above twelve. Uh, this is a twelve and a half against the Padres. Now look at now listen. Mackenzie Gore, who's pitching for for the Padres tonight, uh, in his last outing was also against Colorado in San Diego, and he gave up six runs. Just ignore it. Don't worry about it. He's going to rebound. Uh, and and the Rockies again just are not a good offense. Twelve and a half runs is a lot of runs. It's a lot of runs. That's yeah. it. 
that's a huge number. That's that it's that high because it's Coors Field, and I'm telling you, like Coors Field is not necessarily a guarantee of runs when at least one of the teams is just a completely bad offense. And right now, the Rockies are a completely bad lineup. And uh, this is a to me, this is like one of the this is the most fun thing about the Rocky season right now is is looking at the over-under and, and how far they fall below the over-under. And they consistently fall below the under. <laughs> I am not. I haven't looked back at, at every single game, um, but it's got to be like it, – it certainly has to be more than half the time. It just This is just a, a – I'm just like all about the under at Coors Field lately. Let me say something else I like about this is that the the money lines and the run lines on this game suggest that the odds makers expect this to be close. The Padres – and we can say only in this instance. Padres are the first place in the the NL West. The Rockies are not good. The Padres are only minus one forty five on the money line. The run line is just plus one hundred. I mean, that's those are not overwhelming odds. That would that those are odds that suggest that this that odds the odds makers are expecting this to be a relatively closely played game. The Rockies are plus one twenty on the money line. When you flip them to plus one and a half, they're minus one twenty. And so that would you know that says that if we're getting to over, that we're thinking that this is a 7-6 game to go over with the way that those money lines play out. 7-6, 8-5, maybe 8-7. And if the Rockies continue to be as bad offensively as they've been, that's not going to be the case. You're going to need to get nine runs out of the Padres to get over. Yeah, and if you if you end up watching this game and you're following along with the run total, uh, the thing to keep an eye out in on is, I think, probably Rockies pitcher Kyle Freeland, who is pitching really well lately. Uh, but he has to he has to eat at least six innings for this to happen. Uh, the Rockies, the Rockies, speaking of the Rockies bullpen is toast right now. They had to, you know, they had a guy make his debut, Greg, uh, Jake Bird, last night, yesterday, rather, at Coors Field because they were sort of desperate against Cleveland. Uh, there's, you know, you, a lot of things have to fall in place to keep the run total down, but. A lot of things are falling in place to keep the run totals down lately at Coors Field. <laughs> yeah, mostly the bad team that uh, calls Coors Field home. That's the exactly. biggest piece that falls into place. And so we've got another bet there on that 12-and-a-half, a big, big number. Even with the Padres, the hot-hitting Padres in town, that is a big number to get over. So Nick takes it under and takes us to the end of this episode of Best on the Board. Thanks so much for listening. For Nick, I'm Michael Beller. Have yourselves a great weekend. Good luck, happy betting, and we'll talk to you soon.